Jake, it's a real pleasure for me to be speaking with you today because I was there 15 years ago at the world premiere of Dead Man Walking the Opera in San Francisco. It was an extraordinary evening. And I would just like you to outline what inspired you to get involved in this and, and what was your relationship with an extraordinary woman, Sister Helen Prejean, uh, whose book uh, was the inspiration for this. Well, first of all, it's nice to talk to you, and I didn't know that you were there. It was quite an amazing night, uh, the, the premiere, um, one certainly that I will never forget and certainly changed my life forever. Um, the the project came about because of um, the librettist, Terrence McNally, the great American playwright, uh, Tony Award winner. And um, he said, we were in search of a subject for a big American drama and opera. And he said he was walking down the street one day and just suddenly Dead Man Walking popped into his head. And it seemed to... Um, it seemed to cover everything that he was uh, looking for. It was very American, but it was universal. It was of our time and yet timeless. And it seemed to hit at the nerve that the book and the movie had hit at. And it would, we would be able to rework it for the stage. Um, and the element of music combined with the drama would fill an opera house. It seemed to fill all those, those needs. Um, what we didn't realize was what a wonderful um, colleague we would have with Sister Helen Prejean, who called me right away when we um, had decided that we wanted to do this and and said to me, Jake, they said, uh, you want to make an opera out of Dead Man Walking? You know what I told I told the San Francisco Opera? And I said nervously, I said, no. And she goes, I said, of course we're going to make an opera out of Dead Man Walking. So she was on board right away and... Um, and has been a staunch advocate for it. Um, and I think one of the things she likes best is that it doesn't, the opera itself doesn't take sides. It just presents the story and brings you in to the, the human drama and does what opera can do better than any other art form, which is to give you three, a multi-dimensional experience of not only watching people go through this, but hearing their emotions loud and clear through music and singing. Sister Helen is a force of nature. I've worked with her in my civil liberties work. Uh, she's a powerful woman, and of course her book is a true story talking about how she began to counsel uh, people on death row and her own uh, journey. Uh, there was something of a of a transformation of her own willingness to get so close to a human being who was facing the death penalty. What uh, what were you trying to achieve uh, through your music uh, with the assistance of such a great writer like Terrence McNally uh, in tracing the journey that uh, Sister Helen takes? I think the most important thing that we were trying to do is we weren't making a documentary. We weren't making a polemic. We weren't trying to changed, put the movie on the stage. We were trying to do something that was completely for the stage that takes this story and these events out of the abstract and puts a, a, a real face on them. Um, you know, I think it's easy for people to sort of sit and, you know, idly and, and think, well, I'm for that or I'm against that, even with something as, you know, deep and far-reaching as the death penalty in our country. 
And I think it's important for people to meditate on that. And what we can do as artists is bring them uh, to that story by making it very human and real and presenting it from many, many sides and using Sister Helen's um, journey, her personal journey, and her complete spiritual crisis and personal crisis and putting that center stage as the journey that we can all go on with her. She becomes our everyman, and she winds up stuck in the middle of a situation she had no idea that she would expect, which is, you know, becoming a spiritual advisor to a man on death row and then meeting his family, but then meeting the families of the murder victims and hearing their grief and their side of the story and what, they, what they've gone through and sort of being torn uh, between those two sides. And I think that's a, that's a journey that um, most of us don't have the courage or the opportunity to make. We're all very, very busy, nor do we even have time to really reflect on it. So to make a, a piece of art and make an opera that's something that can fill the stage and take you to those places so that you can reflect on all those different personal journeys. I think that was our goal and was to, to write something that stays with you even as you leave the theater so that you can still feel the resonance of those emotional journeys the next day and the day after or 15 years later, as you just told me. <laughs> yes. Of course, the death penalty itself was controversial when she wrote her book. Uh, it was controversial 15 years ago when you wrote your opera. Uh, a few years ago, in 2012, 48% of voters in California uh, voted to abolish the death penalty, and it's still a very volatile uh, question in many people's minds. The opera actually traces the process, uh, and, it, and it contains legal proceedings, uh, a parole hearing, and other steps along the way, but it begins with this gruesome murder. Uh, so we all know uh, in the audience uh, that uh, the man has committed this murder, and uh, many people talk about the innocent, uh, the questions of innocence in the death penalty controversy of how long it is to execute innocent people. But uh, here I think the, the opera sets itself up to uh, separate that question and to really ask a deeper question. Uh, and so what were you and Terrence trying to get at um, in framing uh, the opening and closing and the course of the opera in that way? Well, uh, this is, again, the brilliance of Terrence McNally, our great American playwright, who you know, he said that the, the real moral question, of course, is not should we execute innocent people. We know we shouldn't. So what he did is he presented the crime and who does it right up front. We see it. We see what he does. We're outraged. He's he's uh, not remorseful. You know, he's belligerent. So we don't really have sympathy for him at the beginning because the question isn't, you know, should we execute innocent people? Of course not. The question is when we see someone and we know they're truly guilty of something so heinous and horrible, what do we as a society do in response? Do we repeat the behavior of the criminal and murder him uh, or do we have other options? And what the course of through the course of the opera, because of Sister Helen's interaction with the criminal on stage, he is humanized in a very deep and profound and moving way, as are all the other people involved. So that when we see the state-sanctioned murder 
of him at the very end, it has to raise some questions for us. Um, and I think that's that's the journey we really wanted to take people on. And I think um, Terrence McNally um, did so brilliantly with his libretto as to bookend it, one with an illegal murder at the very beginning with Amanda, and at the very end with a legal murder that is sponsored by the state with witnesses. I was very moved by how the opera treats the victims' families, family members. Um, there is, it is not black and white. There are some shades of concern uh, we see uh, as to whether or not this family wants to essentially preside over the killing of another human being. And I, I felt that that there is in the death penalty movement uh, a great variety of views from murder victims' families. Many are against the death penalty, even though that uh, many others uh, would support it. Uh, again, what kind of, of ambiguity, uh, variety of feelings uh, did you and Terrence try to depict through the victims' family? Well, my job as the opera composer, I feel, is to get to know every character well and empathize with them to write music that illuminates their emotions and words. It's not for me to judge them or to um, sort of turn them into archetypes. <laughs> I try to avoid that, but to have a real flesh and blood person up there singing um, and performing so that we can, we can see the, full, the fullness of the human being in each character. Um, so our... Our our goal was not to um, judge either side, but to really allow them to speak. And that gives the audience, you know, again, this other side. There is a, a quintet, a sextet that I think you're alluding to in the, in the first act, where um, we hear the grief of these parents, the murder victims' uh, families, the parents of these two teenagers who, whose lives were taken. Um, telling Sister Helen, you don't know what it's like, what we've gone through. You don't know what it's like to raise a child, and then one night they walk out the door, and you never, you don't think you're never going to see them again. And that is juxtaposed with um, the convicted killer's mother suddenly making an appearance and saying, you don't know what it's like to fail your child. And they're all parents who have either lost a child or are about to lose a child. And I think that sextet at the heart of the, the, the first act really is the core of, of the opera um, because it brings to the fore, you know, this the, the sense of loss and grief that is at the center of all of these crimes. And um, we wanted to explore that, again, very fully without judging the characters but really allowing them to speak so the audience can go to all these places and make up their own mind um, where they stand or how they feel based on, uh, based on the truths that these characters are, are singing. Jake, it's an extraordinary opera. It's an extraordinary piece of, of art. I understand 40 productions have been mounted around the world. Uh, a new special production is being mounted at the Broad Theater uh, on March uh, 7 and 8. And I just want to thank you. Uh, it's rare to see an opera that uh, confronts a contemporary uh, legal and social issue of this kind. Uh, and you and your colleague, Terrence McDowley, did it with great uh, sensitivity, beauty, and passion. And I just thank you very much for joining us today. 
Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. One one thing that I did want to add, um, even though I know we're over time, um, this production, one of the things that I really appreciated about it uh, is that the actual murder victims, the young, the teenage boy and, and girl, they appear throughout um, the opera um, as spirits. And so the, the, the essence of what was lost and why we're all um, involved in this drama is never, you know, the center of it is never lost. We, we see them and they participate invisibly and visibly to us, invisibly to the characters on the stage, which I felt was, was a real stroke of genius from this director. And um, I'm thrilled that I get to be there um, to see it one more time. It was done up here in San Francisco uh, two weeks ago, and it will be um, at the Broad stage, as you said, this coming weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. It was a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much.